You tuned in to the Policy Talks podcast by Bharti Institute of Public Policy from the Indian School of Business. We hope to understand the personalities behind policies and demystify the complex policy making labyrinth. Every Tuesday, we speak to seasoned stalwarts and promising young legislative fellows who have made indelible marks in shaping the Indian policy landscape. Welcome to the BIPP podcast and here we are two individuals from the public policy class and we are sitting here to discuss about the skilling and entrepreneurship landscape. So hi Sobhagya. Hi Sapra. Why don't you like start okay. with telling uh, your background? I'm Sobhagya Samal having around 22 years of experience from that uh, initially 10 years in corporate and then later on I shifted to skill development, stayed with skill development since last 10 plus years in both operations or implementation and then consulting side. What uh, you know made me stay in the skill development and entrepreneurship area is that you create larger impact on the society. And second is uh, like, you know, you get a satisfaction of what you are doing into. Yeah. So because you are dealing with the youth and you know, you are trying to create impact uh, directly in uh, individual lives, which is something which is appealing to me. And that's why I'm here. Nice. So I think I also share that kind of passion to enter the industry. I started with IIT Delhi. I graduated from there as a civil engineer. Post that I worked for a while in civil engineering and then for the internal satisfaction and I realized that there is more value creation in actually the impact space and vocational education and entrepreneurship I felt is something that you know it's like teaching fishing and giving fish to the people. So this is more like sustainable impact that it creates. So this is how I moved to the space and it's been a while you're here. And I think that passion is something that which is common common and which actually drives the sector. It was a new concept when we started getting into scaling uh, per se, like you know, 2007 or 2005 kind of time when we started working on it. First skill development policy which came in, it was in 2009. And the development happened over a period of time. And then from 2015, we got into another, uh, you know, development of new policy came in. Mm -hmm. And we got a ministry also in 2015. Okay. So there, from there, it started taking up the pace. But somewhere we are still missing certain very important links. Because any policy, if it has to be implemented on the ground, there are challenges which we need to see right. from you know from the ground perspective. Correct. And I think to mention uh, the past years of the growth of the sector in that sense that you've mentioned, I would want to mention that it still is, you know, the basic problems still exist. Yes. Why we are scaling our people is to create employment and is to create that employability, employability. within them. Yes. But to talk of the government schemes like we have PMKVY, which is in its fourth iteration now, Skill India Mission, etc. All these schemes now even they have realized, but till the time they were more input oriented, ki just go and train the people, not worrying about whether uh, they will land up in jobs. But now at least the focus is shifting and I think that is the need of the hour for a while now. Yeah. But even having said that, the situation is still troublesome. It is only 30% of the people who enroll themselves for these schemes are actually placed. 
and to quote that number this is even a proxy number because it is a disguised kind of employment whatever they are trained for they are not landing up in the field of that kind of jobs so i think the focus of the entire sector has to move to employability they have to realize that they don't have to skill people just for the sake of skilling and uh, like we were discussing just now that uh, all our trainings are also very theoretical in that sense so the pedagogy the curriculum the, the teachers the trainers they also have to be you know more industry aligned and all the trades that we choose have to follow the market economy of demand and supply we cannot teach them bangle making for that matter who buys bangle yeah, now currently if you look at chipra you know we are mostly on a supply side like we are supply driven correct and that is where the problem lies okay. because we what we see the kind of facilities we are creating on the ground for training mm. we ens- we just focus on that without looking at what industry requires one that challenge is there second that the youth which was there in 2005 mm. and 2022 there is a huge mm. difference in their aspiration okay. the kind of information they are receiving today whether a youth who stays in a urban pocket mm. or a semi urban pocket or a rural pocket they all have access to information today due to obviously you know the, because of the advent of technology mm. uh, everybody has a mobile phone and uh, which is a smartphone and they access information now with information they are developing aspirations correct okay which is not realistic mm. and that is where the challenge is today i i'll just cite a small example now suppose there are a lot of opportunities which is available in the area of welding in engineering you know production engineering if we talk about a welder can earn maybe around 20000 rupees i'm giving this very very you know conservative figure ha huh? very very conservative figure 20000 rupees per hour if they go and work in a you know underwater you know mm-hmm. welding activity okay that's a job role which a normal guy who is young and has that kind of bent of mind is not even aware of so where there what is happening is they think that's where we will come into this practice that you know this is not aspirational mm. somewhere we have failed to develop that aspiration within the policy itself so that anybody because dignity of labor is another thing first is developing that aspiration mm. that if they take up a particular job role they develop a career correct yeah. they don't yeah. only trained for and a particular job correct and in fact i also wanted to come to that point that vocational education per se has been just targeted to one kind of a segment which is an underprivileged segment and also because the problem it faces it's been looked down upon it is more like people who cannot go to the academic education institutes land up in Drop vocational out. education or people who have dropped out so i think that kind of mentality we need to work on because that can probably happen if we vocationalize our education like you said people will have to understand it from a career aspect and that needs to be built in the policy yes. because currently though we have seen that ugc etc they came about with policies where multiple entry exit learning while you are earning and that credit continuum pathways are being talked about but yet i don't see them in implementation in fact there is a skill university that is coming up in jharkhand and there also the intention is to actually provide that pathway to the students and these are actually people who were working in let's say construction sector or manufacturing sector for a while and now what to do they can just move to the supervisor level at max with the trainings that they have received but like we had to come back to isb to you know brush our skills 
for even them that are kind of upskilling and career pathway is required for them and while they face that opportunity cost of you know leaving their job and coming back to study they don't have that leverage so for them it is required that all their uh, working potential is converted to credits and those credits are counted as education so i think all this framework needs to be built in the policy yes and one more thing i i wanted to ask you also that how do you see since we've moved a bit in the sector the gender representation is still not uh... yes i think that's a very wonderful question because i'll i'll tell you why you know gender representation is clustered in certain job roles and yeah. in certain job roles they are completely left out yeah. you know i'm i'm talking about from female perspective or women empowerment see uh, there are job roles like uh, for example beauty and wellness sector yeah. there you will see maximum Only, concentration of yeah. uh, and rest of the job roles like general duty assistant is another job role which is related yeah. to healthcare there you will see gender concentration yeah. towards female side is very yeah. high male representation is very less whereas there are salons yeah. which are unisex yeah. there are salons which are uh, you know like only male uh, dominated uh, male driven uh, yeah. salons are there so and today a customer is not bothered about whether there is a male uh, person who is doing the salon activity or a female Actually. if you need a haircut you need a haircut which is done by, in a proper way right a scissor okay. doesn't recognize whether yes, it's yes. the male using or the it or the female so stereotyping is also needs to be removed yeah. over a period of time mm-hmm. and another thing which i would like to say that the training which the pedagogy or the way we are training our candidates is also not sufficient see i'll cite couple of examples like for example we train a candidate for a security guard job role mm. now there are different different organizations there are a lot of opportunities available and there is a career path which is there mm. but what we do is we train them in a classroom setup mm. because somewhere we are not able to design a course which ensures that a security person need to have certain kind of physical strength and stamina mm. along with mental strength and stamina and obviously behavioral aspect is one part of it that needs to be inculcated so that they become a professional security guard or a security okay. person yeah. over a period of time now we make them sit inside the class the first job they land up they have to stand for maybe 7 8 hours in a day and then leave the job next day the reason behind that is that they are never being trained about the actual working conditions another example is uh, for example retail now you walk down walk into any kind of showroom you will not see a chair for a person who is behind the counter why that is not being done because they have to be active they have to be catering to the different different customers requirement so they are again trained in a classroom where they are not being told about this hardship one they are not being trained to handle themselves in this kind of situation where they have to have that stamina of standing for 4 6 hours at a stretch so the when the they land up in a job the first day they feel the pressure whoever has got some you know backup they just immediately back out of that particular job and then we say these people are not serious about job mm. it's not about their seriousness it's how we have designed the course and we have misguided actually in a way not intentionally but the design of the entire program is done in such a way that they are being misguided mm. so there is something which we need to also look into so but i think then uh, taking from this going forward what i feel is till now government has been operating in silo the society is doing its own bit the market has to rework again when the people come to their facility they have to retrain them to actually make them employable yes. and work in those settings so i think it has to be a coordination between all 
and when we say that each actor has to be a partner in this all the trainings courses they have to be market led the employers can only tell what they need and they have to be partner in the entire process from the curation of the curriculum to the assessments and their exit to the job location where they are going and hand holding them in the job location for a while so i think this entire process has to be taken up by all the actors of the society the government because government can bring in what other actors cannot all the resources lie with the government government actually can take care of the equity aspect since we are talking about underprivileged segment more into the vocational education space government has a huge responsibility to cater to them and market is definitely required for their efficiency and for making this whole process successful so making this kind of a venture sustainable for a while also requires something and what is that something that i i feel uh, what we need to do understand is that the government has a limited role in terms of which which is very powerful also that they can bring in all the stakeholders onto the table mm. and discuss how do we work out this entire solution in a more coordinated mm. and in a synergized manner mm. or a synchronized manner mm. okay that is one mm. aspect of it second although there are some welcome steps which has been taken since last 2 3 years time when this pandemic was going on there was a activity which was going on as uh, merging of erstwhile national council of vocational training right. and national skill development mm. agency mm. all these things were merged and then national council of vocational education and training has been created a unified system has been created now this is definitely a welcome step but where we are lacking is like we have also created framework for companies which can work as awarding bodies and companies which can work for as assessment agencies so there was there were no formal mm. sops or guidelines were available earlier mm. now these things are also being formalized mm. where where we are lock, lacking today is that what kind of company should come into training space okay what should be their criteria what should be the sop for them mm. that is one then how do we increase the participation of the industry because ultimately whoever we are developing as a right. skilled mm. guy or a semi skilled guy they have to go and work in an industry so there we have to see what exactly industry needs which skills they are looking into it and how they want their future you know people to uh, you know work and perform in a job when they land up after their training program so all these things needs to be stitched together which i think government has to do mm. one second is consolidation of all different different schemes which governments are running you know everybody has there are multiple departments and they have their different mm. schemes which are running we need to converse them put all our resources in a way so that we may create a system ecosystem where the number of people whom we are training are less mm. but the quality of training goes up yeah i think we disintegrated ecosystem that yes. we call is still the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge. yeah yes. i think from entrepreneurship point of view also so covid has actually shown us that skilling and jobs and employment cannot be the sole answer for this majority of the population will still do entrepreneurship because we saw reverse migration etc in all the states yeah so people do want to work locally they are not happy to migrate i mean a certain segment will always remain but majority will move to entrepreneurship and rural entrepreneurship for that sense will remain significant always because obviously there are not that much jobs so for entrepreneurship i think again it faces the same disintegrated ecosystem like an issue 
what what else do you think uh, entrepreneurship See, in entrepreneurship i'll tell you there are a couple of very nice examples which has been like which are being implemented over a period of time like for example state of orissa they have initiated one nano entrepreneurship program wherein what they are doing is they are picking up people from you know rural hinterlands who are young who are aspirational and they want to do something locally and they are not picking up you know uh, like entrepreneurship ventures in fintech or maybe you know tech based entrepreneurship and all they are very doing very simple simple kind of entrepreneurship activity suppose somebody wants to do a plumbing activity in you know providing plumbing services mm-hmm. for a block or maybe for for a uh, you know for a tehsil kind of space so he is learning he is able to first learn himself the you know trade skills which is required then how do i create a model in which i can employ maybe around 8 10 people maximum and create an ecosystem where they are being given some loan which is basically a grant in aid or maybe kind of money which they can return back over a period of time which is interest free and they are being encouraged to develop their model in a very small manner and then scale it up to a level which is also not unviable and having said that you know we have to create a balance mm. between how many people who will be going for jobs how many people who can go for entrepreneurship because everybody cannot become entrepreneur because there is a difference between entrepreneurship and a self employment opportunity exactly. yeah. so we have to also look into aspect of you know from the economy that is coming yes so there there we have to look into all these things ki self employment opportunities can yeah. be provided entrepreneurship micro that is micro or maybe nano entrepreneurship can be provided and obviously skills for jobs yeah. all these three three aspects when they work in coordination i think will create a ecosystem where people will thrive you know youth will thrive now uh, what we need to also understand that we need to recognize skilling as a sector hmm. which is a formal sector hmm. somehow we are not able to recognize that so that is what is happening is the you know good trainers needs to be come into this particular sector and work hmm. because they can see their career which is more stable see policy wise we have maybe created policies but somewhere we have lacked consistency hmm. okay so we have to develop that consistency and you know give that confidence mm. in the market that okay if you start a career in skilling you know i'm talking from the perspective of organizations which are involved in skilling they have to provide a platform to people who are coming as trainers people who are coming as counselors people mm. who are coming as managers you know they provide that uh, consistency that uh, confidence mm. so that they stay in that and flourish in mm. that sector mm. so we have to recognize this sector as a formal sector one second is create a ecosystem where people can come and thrive mm. people who are trained uh, mm. trainers managers workers mm. in skilling sector and so that they can go and in turn create become that change agent which can bring that changes on the ground one aspect which i would like to quickly also you know uh, tell that somewhere we are not able to match the aspiration of the youth with the job roles which we are providing in the right way i think once the industry comes as an actor and co-curates that this problem will be you know solved because industry knows best uh, what is required uh, i'm 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 touching upon a different aspect okay. on this see somewhere these youth also doesn't know you know they are having a little bit of challenge in terms of confusion or overload of information so suppose today i get into become you know into an institute to become an electrician but you know after 15 days 10 days i feel that you know i am not fit for this job mm. 
and then there's a dropout mm. within the training program there is a dropout during assessment mm. or there is a dropout post assessment now how do we cater to this issue first during the counseling stage yeah. if we inform them mm. what is involved in a particular job role mm. what kind of challenges are there what kind of opportunities are available so there we need to spend more time mm. while in the beginning itself to make them aware of what kind of sector they job role they are choosing mm. what kind of sector that is what kind of opportunities and what kind of career they can whether what kind of career path they can look correct, forward to correct that is very important yeah. because that will ensure that these people get into the system hmm. and come out yeah, yeah. happily yeah. and contribute to the industry yeah, there is, and there it will provide that longevity yes, to that yes i think with that uh, we uh, conclude that you know to make it more aspirational we have to all the players have to come together and work in a very concerted hmm. and in a synchronized manner we have a long way to go correct thank you so much thanks